It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling at Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging at Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick. He dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt. Breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting. Rebound. Recognizer scores! Here comes Shovel Ray. He'll be thrown out of the game. Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day. And the two goalies go at it. Head to head. And Joseph with three great right Serjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores! Brad Hall, number 500. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores! Get up, St. Louis. Get on your feet. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history. Right on cue, Jamie Rivers. What's going on? Not much, boys. Quite a bit to talk about, huh? Holy shit. Marco Scandella, eh? I mean, I know there's a few people out there going, Marco Scandella. Why should I get excited about Marco Scandella? And I said, well, let's let Jamie Rivers tell you why you should get excited about Marco Scandella. Well, you know, when the Jay Bollmeister situation happened, and we talked about it, and I've been talking about it since that, well, probably the very next day. And I just thought that GM Doug Armstrong might go in a different direction than Chris Kreider, like everybody talked about. I think that uh, the defense core and, and addressing that need is probably a little more important. Now, the key to that is who the heck was out there? Yeah, that's the thing, to, right? You know, right? you got to go and try to find somebody who you can acquire and that teams are going to part with. And that's not going to cost you everything you have on your roster or your entire future. So Brendan Dillon was the hot topic for a while with the San Jose Sharks. Left-handed, pretty solid, tough as nails. Uh, But he got taken off the board earlier uh, today in a trade that saw him go to Winnipeg. And now you've got Marco Scandella. He's a 29-year-old D, left-handed shot, 6'3", 215. A pretty solid guy, you know. He uh, he he can play various roles. He's a type of D man that can play up in your lineup at times, not for like extended periods of time, but if you needed him in a pinch to play top four, uh, he's able to do that. He can play power play, penalty kill. Not extremely offensive, but he makes pretty solid plays. And you can also play him down in your lineup to where he could be in the you know the bottom two, or even if you have to put him in the press box, especially with the way the Blues have been doing things where they've kind of rotated Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo uh, in and out of the lineup. So this might be another guy that gets thrown into that little rotation. But, you know, over his career, 569 games played, uh, 42 goals, 94 assists, 136 points. Uh, So far this year, he's got 12 points in 51 games. I mean, like I said, nothing to ride home about as far as offensive numbers, but 
he's still nonetheless playing pretty solid. And holy shit, you know, he's a plus 10 playing for the fucking Montreal Canadiens this year, which I know that's a skewed stat. You can make of it what you want. But still, even if he was a plus five, let's cut it in half, he's a plus guy on a team that, you know, has had some ups and downs. So I think he, he's a good pickup for the Blues. It didn't cost him an arm and a leg. I think everybody knew that we weren't going to replace Jay Bowmeister. Uh, literally not going to be able to replace him at all. But this is a solid pickup to give you some more depth on the back end with a veteran guy. Speaking of a veteran guy, we just acquired one at our own little deadline here, right on time, Henson Studio. Hey, how is everyone? Oh, you you just finished blow-drying your hair? Oh, good one. Hey, the real player to be named later, eh? I don't know if, like, you can say a lot of stuff, but I don't know if hair is where you want to start. Well, why not? Have you seen your lion's mane? You lion's mane. I am proud Should we of call it, him though. Simba? I mean, what are we doing here? It's hard yeah, to... I don't know. That's just putting Orange. undue pressure on me every day to live up to that. Well, uh, Ribs, oh, I want... You get a little sensitive about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ribs, I want to bring up something that you mentioned, too, with this. You know, I, people can say what they want, but I think a big part of this, too, is... Uh, I, and I, it came out afterwards. I don't even know if you've seen it, but evidently Montreal retained half his salary. So that's cool. uh, yeah, that's a huge deal uh, based on the fact that you know the Blues are tight to the salary cap as it is. Uh, you know, they will get some <clears throat> cap relief with Jay Bolmeister going on long-term injury. Uh, Tarasenko currently on long-term injury. So they do have, we'll call, I like to call those tax breaks, even though it's not taxes, but you get a little bit of break on that uh, for your team, which might be able to allow you to add something else, uh, you know, as the deadline gets closer. The problem I got, guys, is, and I love, I love the hot stove and people bouncing ideas all over the place and coming up with different trade scenarios. And everybody, you know, and now is like, okay, well, Scandellus, and now we go get cried. You know, it didn't cost us much. Let's go get Crider. Well, don't you think half the NHL is wanting to get Crider? You know, and the Colorado Avalanche now, who have a couple of significant injuries at the forward position, you don't think they're going to be interested in acquiring Chris Crider? The Boston Bruins have made it very public that they'd like to add him. He's a Boston kid or Massachusetts kid they'd like to put back in their lineup there. And now the Vancouver Canucks who are going to be without Brock Fester for an extended period of time. You don't think they're going to throw their name in the hat? Like the, the price just keeps going up higher and higher for guys like Kreider. And look at the return that some of these these guys got for Tyler Toffoli and Blake Coleman. You know, they're both good players, but they both fetch quite a return. And their last name's not Kreider, so I think we have to be a little careful as to what we're, I guess, what our expectations are as far as acquiring someone of that stature in the NHL because I don't think Army's ready to sell the farm just to get one guy who's a rental because the team needs a shake-up or he still thinks the team can repeat, which they very well could. But you can't fucking forget that you got Vladimir Tarasenko, who will be coming back at some point, and you don't want to get just absolutely pillage your own roster and prospect just for a guy like Price. Can you plunder? 
I mean, if you pillage, can you plunder? <laughs> Bottom line is the price tag can be pretty high for him. Carl. Yes, it is. Yes, especially, it is. Especially since we all talk about it. You know, the Blues are in the conversation. Oh, everybody talks about they've kicked the tires on Chris Kreider. You don't think Jeff Gordon is a GM in, in New York or the Rangers? You don't think he pays attention to that shit? You don't think he's going to be like, I know the Blues are hot on this fucking guy. He knows the <laughs> Avalanche are hot on this guy. He's going to be like, hey, you know what? The price is fucking Robert Thomas. Well, well, we're not giving that up. Okay, I'll see what Avalanche has to say on line two. You know, line three. Like, <laughs> exactly. So I just think it's going to be an interesting process here. I do think that Doug Armstrong has been a wizard in the past with the way he's been able to get some deals done. Hopefully he's still got a little magic left uh, to get a guy like Kreider. But if not, I don't think the, the sky is falling on us. I think we're going to be just fine. Um. You know, hence you uh, yeah. you got a look on your face like what I don't know like what we just get here. No, I mean, he farted. He, he, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems sure. <laughs> well, he's ribs isn't wrong, but that's not why the look on my face. Uh, I don't know. He kind of he's like a left-handed forty-one to me. What do you? Who's that? Scandella. Uh, yeah, you know. Look, I mean, big guy, you know what I mean. Yeah, he doesn't play extremely physical, but hence, you know, and I know you kind of came swooping in as we were talking about it, yeah. but, like, what else was available? You, oh, right, you don't yeah. have a lot on the board. You know, if you have a left-handed shot, top four shutdown defenseman, odds are you're, you're either in the playoffs competing for a spot right now or the asking for that kind of a player is going to be astronomical. Uh, so your options were Brendan Dillon, uh, Marco Scandella, and there's a couple other guys that were lower level, but really not a lot out there. When Dillon disappeared, I think the Blues probably acted very swiftly to try and, and get something before somebody else swooped in and found this guy, and then you're sitting there holding your dick in your hand. You know? <laughs> yeah, what I guess I was getting at is uh, not to like, not negatively, I guess, but it'd be nice to have a 41-ish style player on the other side because we really don't have that much on our left side is that no i agree and that's why i really would have liked brendan dillon yeah because he's kind of a prick to play against out there and and he is not afraid to lower the body on somebody he's not afraid to mix it up um but you know for whatever reason the winnipeg jets were quicker to the table and, and maybe had a better offer in place uh marcus candela not going to be as physical as that, but he's going to give you some pretty good minutes up there. Yeah, I, I was. Um, he's going to get in the way of some shots too, though. I mean, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, I mean so I don't mind if. Minutes, yeah, I don't mind if. Minutes are kind of low. His highest penalty minutes were like 2014, 2015. Yeah. But that's not always indicative of, you know, how tough you play. It just means that you get caught a lot. <laughs> I mean, we basically, I mean, I mean, they really didn't – they gave up a conditional third-round pick on top of the second-round pick. So if this was the better player, did we – I mean, did they just jump the gun on us a little bit here, you think? Or or were we kind of waiting this thing out to see what our needs were? And then when this trade happened, it was like, we better do something or we're going to get, as you put it so eloquently, got get caught with our Johnson in our hands. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's always a chain reaction to things that happen in the NHL, especially when it comes down to trades and free agents and things like that. Uh, you know, I think that 
you probably ha- I, I don't know. I can only assume. Of course, I have to be very careful and, and let it be known that I was not in the office with Doug Armstrong. I don't know who he was calling. Or, I don't believe you. I don't believe we all know I, you got a bat phone going. I don't believe stop any it. of that stuff. Stop it. He's no, the, yeah, I'm just saying. Riv, <laughs> just saying. Rivs is running the whole show behind the curtain. Oh God, like, no, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> the wizard, the wizard. Speaking of the wizard, you know, you notice your boy Kimby's not here. He went home sick. Everybody's sick. He's not Did feeling he really well. Home sick? Yeah, not feeling wow. well. Under well, the weather. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that guy with a head cold? Oh, oh Jesus! Here we go. <laughs> all I know is, there? all I know is the last pic- last picture I seen of this guy was in front of a big old draft, big old beer after a title, and uh, all of a sudden he's sick. Isn't it? Don't you guys call this the blue flu? Wow. Yeah, this is this is definitely the uh, the championship hangover. No, be, uh, uh, yeah, actually, what a great job by them. You know, it, it's a team of. Jimmy put together this team of, I don't want to call them misfits because that's not the right word, but he put together a bunch of hardworking kids who are talented and, and play real gritty and, and started the process, you know, last year. And fast forward to this year, they have a hell of a hockey team and, you know, I've gone all the way up through the, the ranks. And then this year for the league championship, they went in and, and beat everybody. So hats off to my man, Darren Kimball and Dan Warnicky, his assistant coach, uh, great Great guys, great coaches. They've done a fantastic job so far. Well, um, you know, I, let, let's move on now, Rivs. I mean, we've made a trade for a defenseman. I know the Blues have been dealing with a lot of stuff, but, you know, no matter what we say on here, you know, fans are restless, noticeably. Um, you know, can should – you know, the Blues, I thought, played a much better game on the road in Nashville. They could have won that game, but they didn't. So where are we at? getting the fans off the ledge maybe not into their in their chairs on market but how are we getting fans off the ledge here well everybody goes through these stretches in the year in a, in a season you know pittsburgh penguins as good as they've played they've had a little bit of a tough stretch the uh the boston bruins had a tough stretch during december i mean it just happens unfortunately um it's happening right now because it was blues and, you know, there's a lot of things that jump off the page and everybody wants to highlight is in the amount of goals per game, the lack of offense, or I want to say lack of offense, the lack of finish that's been going on because I do think that they've been creating scoring chances, just maybe not finishing every time. And that's why we're talking about it for sure. But look, uh, they're in a tough stretch, okay? There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I do think this group is going to be reinvigorated. I do think that that game in Nashville was a really solid game. I thought the outcome was unfortunate, but they did direct like 40 shots towards Pecorine. I thought they played a much more solid all-around game. It looked more like Blues hockey or Craig Ruby hockey, as we'll call it. And you know what? Things happen for a reason. Uh, They've got the New Jersey Devils tonight that are probably a little bit of a wounded animal. They just traded away some of their best players and in, in Andy Green on the back end and Blake Coleman up front. So they're going to be a little depleted. And, you know, the Blues have to capitalize on that. No better time than right now to try and put something positive together and go on a little run themselves. Ribs, have you ever seen a game with that many shots on goal? 
Like in that as far as it, like a total. Shot yeah. Total? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of shots. Um, you know, usually when you get some of those games, you get maybe a team up to like fifty, but the other team only has you know twenty or something yeah. like that. But no, that's an awful lot of shots on goal. It means both teams are generating at least some some offensive opportunities. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot. But I that being said, I I, I actually thought the Blues did a pretty damn good job of you know limiting the really extremely dangerous situations. And I thought. You know, Jordan Bennington, I, I think his play uh, silenced some of the people who are out there getting a little scared of, you know, how he's played lately. I think he was able to address that with his performance against Nashville. And like I said, I, I think that this week is going to be a good week for St. Louis Blues. Um, they've got a couple of opponents that play really fast hockey, but for the most part, they've got a younger team. And it should bode well for the Blues to where they can grind these guys down. they got Oscar Sundquist back now. Uh, Marcos Candela will be added to the lineup at some point. Don't know if he'll be in there tonight or not. Tough to tell. Um, sometimes it's hard to swing that really quick. But I, I think it's the time to turn it around for the Blues. Vladimir Tarasenko back on the ice again today for a pregame skate. And I would imagine that if they don't go get another forward, that that process will probably pick up pace a little bit and we'll have the Tarasenko watch going. So <laughs> I think I just have a feeling that this is changing momentum for the Blues here. Yeah, I thought, I mean, well, I thought 50 played like 50 did last year. For the, like, he was really good. And I thought, unfortunately, Pecorino was good too. I think that guy is a choker most days but um but he but they both play well but it's nice to come off that kind of game and then go into an, a game against new jersey they're obviously an nhl team but they're in a fire sale mode right now and so um you expect to win tonight and then you move over and you you got to play the coyotes and they're no joke they're fast too so um yeah i mean i see a lot of speed this week um, none, none that's ever going to come from me. I'm not going to be speeding around. Are you out there? Are you working on your game? You signed well, up for some synergy well, hockey they got skills. The, well, they got small this small group sessions. They, they got this grumpy old man league that I think I could join. Grumpy but, old man league. Yeah. You know. Grumpy old man league. You you fit all the requirements. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I um I think it's going to be a fun game to watch tonight, though, for sure. Um, even though that. You know, New Jersey obviously is not going to – they don't want to be where they are, but um, they're coached by – they're coached, coached well and they're coached by a character guy, and I, they're always going to become ready to play. So I think uh, I think this is going to be a good thing to build off of from uh, Nashville's Nashville game. My assumption is he's going to be there tonight. Mikola has already been sent back down. Really? Yeah. yeah. Are you reading well, it? They- it, um, I, I know he was sent back down, but um, if the lineup's already made for tonight, then sometimes Scandella could probably be arriving close to game time, which would mean they have a roster spot for him. But you think uh, they got a? They don't always find it. that guy doesn't always find his way in the lineup, especially um, if you have other guys that are sitting there able to play. You think they got a, a jersey ready for him just in case, so that he doesn't have to wear a goalie cut? Oh, Jesus. Ah, you like that, eh, buddy? 
<laughs> ribs yeah. out there in the goalie cut. I must have yeah. missed something. I must have missed something. Yeah. Ribs had to play. No bullshit. Ribs had to play in a goalie cut jersey. In an NHL game in a goalie cut jersey. When the hell was I this? Did. This was in Boston. <laughs> uh, Here's that little story time. When. Story time with Uncle yeah. Creepy. <laughs> well, I got traded and the, the, the Bruins were on the road on a big West Coast swing and obviously Eastern team. They didn't, you know, they brought a few extra jerseys and whatnot, but they didn't really bring, I guess they weren't expecting a trade. And so when I got there, I had the options of like, actually, I did have an option. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple other jerseys or numbers available, and I thought they were shit numbers. I can't remember what they were. And so I just said, well, this would be funny if I just wear a fucking goalie jersey. So this guy looked at me like I had a third eyeball, and I said, no, no, I'll wear the goalie jersey. And he's like, seriously? I said, yeah. He's like, okay. So he put Rivers on the back of number 31 for the Bruins. I played in a goalie jersey for that road trip. And then I just kept the number for the rest of the year. I was like, fuck it. I'm good. <laughs> you Let's know, roll. I swear. I swear. I mean, just to kind of, of a cheesy part to the story, but we're away. And all one of the guy's jersey gets torn, you know, like can't wear it. And so I'm like, here, wear the, wear the goalie cut. And he's like, I'm not putting on a goalie cut, and I shit you not. I went straight to Google and got <laughs> found Rivers, you know, and said, hey, if it's good enough for Jamie Rivers, it's good enough for you. And Jesus. it was Michael Weedman. You remember him? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so Weedman went out there in a goalie cut nine, and you know what he told me? I might wear this all the time. It makes me look faster. See? <laughs> it's just blowing in the wind. You get a little bit of that Mike Medano going with the jersey <laughs> flapping in the wind in the back. That's it exactly. Suck either. It doesn't suck either if you drop the mitts and throw down. Those sleeves are really big. They're hard to tie up. So there's a couple of advantages to it. See, there you go. Oh, my Lord. Well, hey, I'm, I think I'm ready for the, the, the goalie cup, but not because of... Well, you need big arms. I'm not going to sit here and say you got pipes, bud. That's my point, dipshit. Oh, oh yeah, that's gut. Right. It ain't my arm. I thought you were talking about your gut. It is my gut. That's wow. what I'm talking about. Hey, I got a question. Well, actually, somebody else has a question for Ribs on our Patterson Tire and Service text line. 618-797-6711 and located at 3718 Highway 111, Granite City, Illinois. Check them out for tires, brakes, of course. You can uh, get some of those quotes right over the phone by letting them know what kind of car you have. But if the car's not running right, they do specialize in automotive repair as well. That's our good friends at Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. Um, this one, I mean, came in as we are talking. And as much as people are curious about our slide, they will not lay off Justin Falk, which will come to Coach Henson here in a minute, who came to the aid of... I don't know that you came to his aid, but there was a particular goal where everybody was roasting him, and you said, let me break this down for you. This was not his fault. <laughs> but it, they, this came in. This one is for Jamie. It says, how does playing the offside as a D-man affect the way you play? Folk has obviously been struggling this year, but has been forced to play his offside more often than not. Hard to imagine that a three-time All-Star can fall off of a cliff this fast. Could his lack of production come from being put in a position he is not as comfortable with? That's from our friend Alex Taylor in Maryland Heights. Yeah, well, look, everybody always ends up with the answer of, well, he plays in the NHL, he should figure it out. Okay, well, I guess if that's your answer, if that's your comment, then you're right. I mean, it's his job. His job is to figure out how to play anywhere on the ice. However, I've played both sides, and heck, I've played every position. But anyways, <laughs> I've played both sides. It's Jose Okendo. 
exactly. I'm the Tommy Edmund. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so but for me, being a left-handed shot, um, it, when you're playing in transition is the biggest thing. And in the, the NHL these days, transition game is huge, and that's how you're creating the offense, and that's how guys, specifically defensemen, are able to join the rushes off transition. And when you're on your strong side, your ability to see the ice up in front of you is great. And, and when you're on the wrong side, when you get the puck, you have blind spots. And your blind spots are usually where your top hand, the same side as your top hand, go on your stick. And that's just because the way your body is twisted or turned uh, so that you can hold a stick properly, so whether you're a right-hand shot or a left-hand shot, that uh, the top-hand side of your body is your blind spot. So if I'm Justin Falk and I'm a right-hand shot, top hand being my left hand, when it goes D to D to me in the neutral zone, I have to turn my body that much more to see up ice to open up my blind spot. Also have to turn my body completely sideways in order to head up the ice and join the rush. And then when I join the rush, I'm also receiving a lot of passes to my backhand. And even though I'm an NHL hockey player and I should be able to handle all those, it is easier to handle a pass on your forehand. So, yes, there is a big difference to that. And the last thing, not least, is in the offensive zone, anytime there's a pass that goes across the blue line, you're catching it on your backhand or in a one-timer position, which sounds like it's optimal, unless there's guys in the shooting lane, and now you're forced to, once again, turn your body completely to be able to see the right, uh, right amount of ice to make a play. And sometimes it's more difficult to do that, let alone on hard rims that go around the boards in the offensive zone, and you've got to try and pull it off the boards on your back end with your back literally facing the net so you can't make as good a play, and you just can't shoot the puck as hard off your back end. So those are a lot of things as far as the offensive side and transition side go to playing defense on your wrong side. Now, defensively, I never found it much of a problem on the defensive side of play to be on the other side. Um, you know, you put your stick in the areas that you need to be. And a lot of times, especially nowadays, they don't really recognize sides of the ice in the defensive zone. If you're in that area, you end up playing that spot uh, and you go from there. But for me, and hence you may have something to add to this, but for me it's all about the transition in the offensive side, which, you know, we're parts or they our parts of Falk, Justin Falk's game that we've wanted to see all year. Yeah, of course. I'm, of course, Rivs is right, but I don't like my I don't like my D to play their offside for all of those reasons you just named, plus the D reason. So if you're right-handed and you're on the left side of the ice, okay, <clears throat> your your stick, the hand you take off the stick, most of the time is your bottom hand right like that's how you're taught you know get long with your get take up more space with your stick whatever with your so for me i'm right-handed so if i'm on the left side and i take my bottom hand off my body has to stay more in let's say the passing lane if the puck's on the wall and my stick is down deep whereas whereas if i was left-handed my stick length 
that creates the most length and protects more of the center of the ice in the D zone is in now in my right hand and extended further. And my body is protecting the, let's say the more of the goal side of it, of things. And my body can, my body can defend a guy trying to get to the net or shot, for example, or whatever. If the pucks on, you know, on the attacking teams, right are defending left so that's why i don't i don't like my guys to switch another reason why i don't like my guys to switch is exactly what you said which is they have to catch the puck on the wall they either with their skates or their backhand and pull it to their forehand and by the time they've done that the the forward the high forwards are there like that's a whole other move you have to make and that other move is a step or two that those those pursuing defenders have against you so that's why i don't I don't like it, but and I'm not so sure Justin Falk likes it either. Um, I I see him playing, and I and you know I've been, I've defended the guy. I think he's a good player, and I but I'd like to see him more on his natural side because I don't think it's working on the other side to his best advantage. Now, let's be honest; like everybody's on this 72, and they think everything is everything in the world is his fault, but um, but it's not. And let's face it, if he wasn't playing at least well enough, Craig Berube would sit him. Like he, uh, Craig Berube sat um, Is that six. David Perron? He sat, well, right. He sat six. He sat, you know, he sat six last year in the playoffs, Edmondson. Like he sat oh, yeah. him. He's not afraid to sit a guy if he doesn't think the guy's doing his job. And as long as Craig Berube keeps putting 72 in the lineup, then – I think he's okay with. I th- I think the guy is still playing okay, but I would rather, in my opinion, I'd rather see him on his strong side. I'm not saying he's bad on his left side, um, but I think you're also right too, Ribs. Like people who say, "Well, he's in the NHL, he should figure it out." That's just not the case. It just doesn't. That's just not what it is. It's not about skill. It's about angle, and he's he's not in his best angle all the time when he's playing on his other side. So, um, I don't know. I. I want him to play better. I think he's better than he's been playing, but I'd also like to see him work more on his on his on his side of the ice. Yeah, let's not forget something too here. Is you know, just over a year ago, uh, the same guy that we're so sad to see out of the lineup right now in Jay Bowmeister, he was a lightning rod for criticism, and whether he was nursing an injury or not, or coming back to be healthy or not. It doesn't matter. He, people were full of criticism, talking about how, how he was done and he can't play and this and that. And every puck went off of him into the net and he was in the wrong spot. And I see a lot of that same crap happening to Justin Falk. So as much as I'll talk about some of the situational things that could be better that I know that the player and the coaching staff would agree with, I do think not I think, I do know for a fact <laughs> that he is a hell of a NHL defenseman and that he's going to find his groove and he is a guy that we're lucky to have in our in our organization and he's going to bounce back. I just think that right now, because he, he also got to remember something. Oh my guy back. He's the guy back there that wasn't part of the Stanley Cup winning team, right? So Who's the easiest guy for everybody to pick on when things go bad? Well, not one of our champions, right? We're going to pick on the guy who didn't win the cup with us because, you know, fuck, it must be his fault because he wasn't part of the team last year. (laughs) So I think that we have to be very cautious 
sometimes on how quickly we're letting ourselves criticize a guy that, that might be going through a couple of tough patches here. So let's just be patient. You know, we added some D-depth today, which is awesome. I think that's going to help every situation possible. Um, it's not Jay Bowmeister, unfortunately. I wish it was, but it's going to be a hell of a pickup. And I think by doing that, it's going to allow Justin Falk some extra time here to find his groove. And maybe, Gary, like you said, maybe allows him to slide over to the right a little more often. And, yeah. and if he produces over there, does well over there, maybe they have the aha moment and everybody's fucking happy after that. <laughs> well, speaking of happy, Ribs, I got one more for you before you go. Um, this is a good one. And it, as I saw this too, and was kind of curious of, I don't know if there was anything to it or it was just fandom. I couldn't really find anything, but according to some fans, uh, th- this is how the, the text starts. According to some fans, there's rumors of a possible reunion between Ryan Reeves and the St. Louis blues. Would you love to have Reaver back? Yeah, I would love to have him back, but there's no way that he... like, Why? I'm not being a dick, but why? <laughs> you know, like, what are you going to give up right now? And he's a three million dollar player right now. You want to talk about salary cap and space and and doing that? I mean, if you're struggling to find a spot for Marco Scandella, who's a regular top four or five defenseman, you're going to pick up Reeves for three million dollars, and he plays his eight nine minutes a game. I love the guy. I love what he brings. I think he's a heavyweight. I think he's awesome. I crush beers with the guy. All the all the above. But if I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, I just don't know how financially he fits in, nor do I see how he fits in overall with the future club. Well, so much for that. Way to way to piss on everybody's Cheerios, Ribs. I mean, I think the whole I think the whole fan base was when that question got read said, Oh, and they started wiping their hands together and said, Is this possible? And you just like unzipped, pulled it, whipped it out, and took a piss right on the Cheerios. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to be that guy, but fuck, does it like is what I'm saying wrong or crazy? <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, I ask a question about Ryan Reese come back to the Blues, and old Ribs gives me the old, excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> I mean, Jesus hey, Christ. It's that time of year, Cromer, when people ask me these questions, I go right into fucking GM mode. <laughs> GM. Told you. I told you he's running it from behind the curtain. I, I know he is, and that's why everybody wanted the chill to come back. We put Rivers in the office up there. Me and you might be have offices up there, Hindu. Man. Wouldn't we? We might be. Hey. We're like Navin R. Johnson. I'm somebody now. (laughs) The new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. He hates these cans. (laughs) To go back to your question before everybody fucking hates me, (laughs) I would love to have him back on the team. It just doesn't make any sense, unfortunately. Okay, so somebody has to do their best Kimball impersonation and go, hey, Cromer, you stupid shit. What are they going to do with him? What are they going to say? He he can't fight nobody. Nobody will fight the guy. And, uh, they're going to play him four minutes, and every time he does something illegal, suspend him. What are you, stupid? There, there was my Darren Kimball impersonation. Well, that was pretty good. Pretty good, although my headphones still fit. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow, Kimby. Wow. Don't Kimby. you try to get me in trouble with Kimby. You're wow, Mr. Potshot. You just said it. You just said it. <laughs> you heard him, hence. I, I heard it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, listen, man, I know uh, I know you're a busy dude, and we appreciate you joining us, and I know the fans will appreciate the scouting report and how much we can look forward to uh, our new defenseman, and everybody can go back to sleep since Ryan Reeves will not be a St. Louis Blue, thanks to uh, Jamie Rivers. Somebody write that down. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Sorry, Sorry boys. Now, Sorry, boys. 
I'm going to leave you with something. Okay. Okay. Little nugget. Nugget. Maybe worth. It may be valuable, and it may be nothing. Uh oh. This is a Twitter alert. No, no, no. I don't think so. All right. All right. <laughs> now, St. Louis Blues. Uh, in the past, it had discussions with teams or a team specifically about the services of one individual called Mike Hoffman. Now, his name has popped up a little bit on the radar. I don't know why the Florida Panthers would be looking to get rid of him because he's consistently a 30-goal scorer. I don't know why, um, but his name has popped up a little bit, and that could be an interesting name if he actually is on the market. Uh, you could overlook getting a guy like Kreider if you're looking to add a guy like Hoffman. Um, certainly he's got the speed, the scoring touch, and all the ability to help out. And he still has another year of term on his deal at like a $5.1 million hit, which is less than probably what Kreider would have to be paid. So just food for thought to leave you on, boys. Why in the world would he be available? Do you sleep with the babysitter or something? I, mean, wow. I don't know. How about that, huh? Know. Little no Dougie Gilmore reference? Listen. Come on. You know, allegedly. 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 Dougie, I love you. Don't listen to this fucking wacko. <laughs> Man, that made me want to leave. <laughs> Jesus. No, but Mike Hoffman, you know what? He has had problems before, right? Remember the whole like episode with Eric Carlson in Ottawa and the girlfriends were fighting yeah. and there was lawsuits and all this bullshit. Oh, yeah. it never really it never went anywhere and to my knowledge, his girlfriend or his fiance or wife at the time my wife now was not guilty of any of these things. Not guilty. Maybe when they're smoked or fire, maybe the, or maybe he's just one hell of a guy that the Florida Panthers just know they can't afford moving past next year. I don't fucking know. I just know that it's an interesting name that has popped up that has had a history of at least being mentioned in the St. Louis Blues uh, trade talks, and you just never know. Hmm. Let's write this down, and then we can always come back later and say, Roast told us so. Yeah, it went, if it happens, I'm a fucking genius. If it doesn't happen, we just erase this entire episode. Okay? We just erase the entire episode, especially the part where you said, what the fuck for, when I said, well, how about Ryan Reese coming back? <laughs> we'll keep the part where you make fun of Kimball's head. Oh, that oh, will do. Geez. All right. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, we thank you as always, and uh, get into that playoff. I know you got playoff hockey all around you with your Car Shield group and got all them kids that you're helping that are in that time of year, and that's where we thank our friends at nelsonlandservices.com the five-star locally rated landscaping company with reasonable prices i know you're good friends with the family as is kimball and i'm sure their yeah, boys hey. are riled up big news big Uh-oh. news, big news. Um, i'm gonna send you uh, i'm gonna send you a video Uh-oh. of alex nelson Uh-oh. the youngest uh, the youngest boy nelson who's playing or U15 AAA Blues, yeah. and they were up in playoffs the weekend, and he scored a shootout goal that was pretty amazing. He did the, uh, you know, the old between the legs one, but nice. it was, but no, but it was a fake. He went between the legs and then pulled it back through to his backhand and tucked it in the open net. So, uh, yeah, quite a highlight real goal for our buddy Alec Nelson and for the Nelson family. I know they were jacked up and. and pretty happy about it so i'm gonna send you that video so you can post it to our twitter account and and, uh, and mention them in that because i, think I will do awesome. so yeah they're great people they deserve it and um now they don't look for any 
accolades when it comes to that stuff but well deserving great people and again we ask you guys to check them out nelsonlandservices.com best landscaping company reasonable prices all right ribs get the heck out of here and we'll see you later on in the week hey ray let me i got a i got a surprise for you I'm, I'm gone next week. Your humble host will be G. Hens. Oh, man. How about oh, that? Fuck. I'll probably have to come in and do it now if you're, if you're threatening me with that. Fucking well, I mean, you know, somebody has Listen, somebody let's that get can this be in the chair got to run this shit. I don't if know. I'm hosting, you're coming just because you know it'll be better than when Cromer's here. Oh, there you go. Give me a break. Interesting. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just going to go crickets. golf, gamble. And, crickets. I'm just going to go golf, gamble, and drink. Where? Biloxi. Oh, whatever. That's right, babe. I'm out. I'm out. Well-deserved vacation. Well-deserved. I guess. All right. Get out of here, Revs. Go have fun, and we'll, uh, as soon as that trade happens, we'll give you all the glory, my friend. And when people say, <laughs> when people say so-and-so had it first, I'll say not so fast. Not, not so fast. Not so fast. Not baby. so fast. All right, babe. We'll see you, see you later. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. The one, the only, Jamie Rivers. Uh, you know, I always like when he gives you a little Twitter alert to some degree. I, like, how about I say, is this a Twitter alert? And he says, nah, nah, nah. What do you mean? Hoffman's no, not a Twitter alert? He's just trying to be humble. You think he's riling it up a little yeah, bit, riling he's it up? trying to be humble. Oh, well, hey, listen. Good stuff, man. I, good show today. Yeah. Good show. Except. Uh, Except what? We didn't get to address that goal that everybody's yelling. All right, at, so. let me. Since you got the floor, I, I no, no, uh, you know what I want to talk about okay. here. Let's not talk about the exact goal. Okay. Let's talk about that whole thing, right? Like this is a situation, very simply put, where no matter what he does, it's not going to be right, right? When it's like when the referees make a bad call, every call they make is terrible. If the guy's playing bad, every time he's on the ice, it's his fault. Now. Shit does roll downhill, I will say that. <laughs> and it does seem like for some people when it rains, but that's isn't that the nature of a lot of sports? Like that that's why they call it a slump, right? I mean, it does seem like most players when things aren't going right, it kind of spirals until something happens to bring them out of it. Now, what that is, I you know, as anybody's guess, you'd hear all kinds of goofy stories about slump busters and all that bullshit, but the truth of the matter is um you know, I, the guy's not near as bad as we want to make him out to be, but he's also, rightfully so, hasn't played up to par. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean, play up to par? Well, I, I know this. Because I, I, I more... see and hear that crap all the time. The other day, it was part of the discussion on social media. Listen, I don't expect... he's, he's the same player he's always been. Look at him. He's never been a big plus-minus guy. He's been a big minus guy. I don't care about that. Well, I'm just I, saying that's what everybody goes to. I minus see. 11 or whatever the hell he is. Here's, here, here's that's what, a decrease from let's some get of his a, years. Let's get away from that. Okay. And let me tell you this. Tell me something. Doug Armstrong's gotten a lot of praise, and rightfully so. Okay? Yeah. I There's not a one of us outside of – maybe Rivers and some other, that have seen a lot of Justin Falk. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot, a lot, right? Like, mm -hmm. we all see highlights or the occasional thing or this or whatever. So my point on this is, if this is the guy, I mean, that, like... This isn't the guy. This is the problem. Okay. That I, See, now you're going to take it where I want to go okay, with it. I mean, if this, that's... Like, there's no he's way... He's not... You just said that, He wasn't signed... 
to take the place of 27. That's not he was what he was signed for. You know who's taking going to take the place of 27? 55. He's already on the team. So everybody's like, oh, well, we signed Falk because, you know, 27's got his contract issue, whatever it is. And, oh, listen. And, I, and I, people are in – People are seriously, you know it, you've read it. Fans really believe that 72 was signed to replace 27 when that is absolutely not the case. I I will agree with you. So stop with that. On another level, I will tell you that I remember when the Cardinals traded for Matt Holliday. He was not signed to replace Albert Pujols. He was signed in case they lost Albert Pujols. They would have somebody that could play at a higher level. Not obviously, he's not going to play. On you're not you can't make somebody something they're not. Right? It helped ease the the burden of when he left. That's my problem on this. I I can't compare Petrangelo to Pujols, but I certainly can't compare the situation because if Petrangelo leaves. While Falk won't fulfill him, won't won't fulfill his role, like I'm not even sure. Like this guy's not a top two defenseman in my opinion, and that's damn well what he should have been at that price. Sorry, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, seriously. Okay, but it's, you have to pay attention to the money. I get that. So okay, when Rivs and Kimby will, t- uh, I guess maybe validate this more so than. Other people, but here's the thing. So, they signed him to this to this top end deal, and every you know he's being paid as maybe a top one or two. Mm, that can be argued. He's I would say any more. He's two. He's or three. probably being paid more like a one through four, if the if you know high end four. So he's not he's not a one two guy. He's a high end. He's a three or a high end four guy, and he's not. Again, he's not there to replace 27 if 27 doesn't return. 55 is there for that. But then there are other things that people look at, especially general managers. They look at the composition of their existing team, and that in this situation and of the forwards, they look at where the where that player is coming from, and they say, okay, look, he might be a um, and I hate plus minus, but people use it. He might have been a minus guy a lot in Carolina and had a lot of turnovers. Well, let me first of all, let me say something. Before twenty seven's playoff run and his unworldly play last let's say January January February. through yeah. the rest, twenty seven had never played like that in his life. For the St. Louis Blues. That was the best hockey he's ever played. And I agree with you. Before that, for years before that, what did people always say about 27? He turns a puck over too much. He turns a puck over too much. When we when Carolina s- sent 72 our way, what did they say? Good, take him. He turns a puck over too much. So, I don't know. That's just the thing. But the what what you look at is it like I'm I'm not Armstrong and I'm not Rivers running it from behind the curtain, but here's the situation: they're willing to take Justin Falk because of the the composition of their team and how their and how the Blues play. So, is did they expect him to be this huge plus minus guy? No, but they expected him to be better than he was in Carolina because of the different style of play and the more attention to defense that the Blues have than. Okay. I would say this. I will. I, I'll agree with everything you said with the caveat of this. You bring him in 
okay, specifically if Petrangelo goes, because you at least expect him to play up to the level, the notch below Petrangelo, and he's not doing that right now. He, I, I don't know that he is. Okay, so the proof is in the pudding. Right. Every one of us knows, all the fans, us on this podcast, the, the pros and then goofballs like us. There's no arguing that Craig Berube holds every player to a standard, and if they're not there, they don't play. They don't play. Um, I, I would agree with that unless he doesn't see any way out, which I don't know that he sees any way out here with his defense. I mean, he had well, some guys like he and he he sat Joel Edmondson in the playoffs, like I said earlier. So if you if if for one game in the regular season he doesn't and he wants to send a message to seventy two that seventy two has to play better, which I'm sure seventy two knows he has to play better. Oh, I'm sure, but. The reality is, is he isn't playing poorly enough that Coach Berube has made that decision, and it's a decision he's made on other players. He he is he's shown that he will sit you. He hasn't sat him, so there's something he likes, and he is the target for whatever reason for all these fans. And this, there's like, always a target. I well, I Bowmeister was the target. Berglund was. There's always a target, and why? It's because ex, Listen, it's a I good know, bad thing. I, I'm okay with that. I'm know. okay with him being the target. The only thing that happened the other night is everyone who uses him as a target was wrong, just flat out wrong. I don't disagree with about you, huh? about that goal. He had no choice but to play it like he played it. He tried to get stick on puck and deflect that shot. But he's not – no defenseman in the world in that situation is taught to try to block that shot. You can't. You literally can't go down on one knee. It, by the, if you go down on one knee or belly out in that situation, that, that forward still got that puck on his stick. There were four other people on the ice who were out of position, and he wasn't one of them. 49, 20, and 70 were all out of position. They were on the 49 is the biggest culprit. He's the center. He was the center on that line. That means he's the low man in the zone for the forwards in the way in the style of the Blues play. And where was he? He was above the puck. He wasn't beneath the puck, and what I mean by that is he was closer to, he was closer to the other team's end. He was shaded that way more than he was shaded on our end, and he didn't stay in the pocket long enough in case something happened. And something happened. And when when I say stay in the pocket, if if a defenseman brings a puck up, or gets the puck up on the wing on a breakout, so he got the puck up to um, seventy. 49 can't get above 70 in that situation. He has to stay beneath 70. And what that means is goal side defensive posture is 70. So there were a lot of other people in that in that situation, in that goal, <clears throat> that that did things completely wrong. Justin Falk didn't do anything wrong. What do you want him to do? Pull those legs together and stand up and try to play goalie? If he does that, the guy walks him. There was a 14 in from Nashville was coming in late. He could he, that pass could be made. Justin Falk had a lot to deal with right there, and that goal wasn't his fault. And people who think so are just flat wrong. Well, the the, the reality when it comes to these arguments are people, you know, 
people are going to revert back to what? What I mean, they're going to revert back. To, they got to well, blame somebody, and they're not going to blame somebody. And he's been terrible. You know, that's what it's going to be. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's yeah. how it works. Well, I don't know. So I, I just, uh, I just thought I'd pop in and tell everybody they were wrong. <laughs> Well, I know how you operate. Well, listen, man, I'm glad you came in today. Um, it's always nice when somebody's in the studio. Um, I know we're planning on doing a show Thursday. Um, if for some reason I'm incommunicado, that may be your debut. Debut? I already did it once before this year. By yourself? Yeah. yeah. You were the host? I thought Rivers and did No? Okay. No, I was. Good. Shit, then why am I like why am I taking like why am I leaving you notes? You got it. I well, I need to know what to say for the ads and stuff. All right. So got a, I know to mention the Nelsons. By the way, well wishes to uh, Nick Nelson. Plays for McKendry. Had a big time shoulder surgery on uh, Monday, so uh, last Monday. Yeah. So we're uh, we're wishing the best Ma- for him. Maintenance or did he get hurt in a game? Uh, way beyond maintenance. He had a he Just something over time. Well, he had a injured shoulder before, and he had this uh, piece of metal pretty much holding it together. Oh, well, that Christ. piece of metal now looked like it was about to pop through the shard. Skin. It was it was going to come through the skin. It was nasty. Um, so uh, we wish him the best. I've last time I checked with him, said he's uh in some pain and discomfort, but doing okay. Be with our boy Groat down in Biloxi. Yeah, yeah, going. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I don't this ever get to go on that trip. You know, some of us got to work. This is gonna be quite a crew I, on this trip. I bet it is. I bet you're gonna have a good time. Any of Patterson's going with you? No, nope. not this time. No, nope. right. this is the. Do you know how to hit a golf ball? It's been a while. Well, I can hit it. I don't know that I'm worried about swinging and missing. Just, if that's what you're getting, just at. do it forward. Hit it forward. Hit it forward. That's my advice to you. Um, positive yard hit it straight and don't hit it very often right well that's that's well, true all right that's very true well, listen thanks for coming in and uh we're remind all you guys out there to learn more about us at bluesnhlpodcast.com we're gonna ask you to subscribe to the show when you get there or, uh, it takes about 30 seconds and it's free find us on our social media sites at stl blues podcast on twitter blues nhl podcast on facebook make sure you like our page and uh acknowledge our pin post which is always our show like it comment on it and share it that means a lot to us um, happy to have you guys be a part of the conversations there and blues nhl podcast on instagram we are at lineupmediagroup.fm, home of your radio streaming platform for your mobile device. You heard us mention NelsonLandServices.com, five-star locally rated company with reasonable prices. Adam Smokehouse, best barbecue in St. Louis, located on Watson Road and open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You guys won't go wrong with Adam Smokehouse. Our friend Mike and his staff do a tremendous job. Uh, if you want to see if you're on the uh, delivery list, you can see if your zip code is in their delivery range. You can order big box lunch orders, and of course, if you have catering needs, they can take care of you there as well. I will say, no doubt about it, if, if it was me, though, I'd get down there, check out the atmosphere, let the, let, the, let the smell hit you when you walk in the door, and it'll just shake you because you won't know what to order. I mean, the menu's fantastic. The specials are great. Uh, you could do yourself uh, no, no wrong by going down to Adam's Smokehouse. That's our good friend Mike and his crew. Down on Watson Road, Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis, here's your cue. Uh, the, Patterson, uh, the Patterson family down at Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. We want to thank them for their continued support of our show. You can give Brian or Kevin a call at 618-797-6711 and located at 3718 Highway 111 in Granite City, Illinois. Been taking care of their community for a long time. If you're on the outskirts there and, you know, maybe you've been driving up to Fair 
Fairview or somewhere else like that or taking it to the county, give them an opportunity. I know you guys will find their prices to be reasonable and the work is quality. Remember that they do more than just brakes and tires. They take care of all your automotive repair needs. If it's not running right, get it in to see the crew at Patterson Tire and Service. A whole lot more than the tire store. Uh, our friend Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. Make sure you guys give him an opportunity for your business. And, of course, SynergyHockeySkills.com. Couldn't do it without all those guys as well. For all of us here at Blues NHL Podcast, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.